that the First Nations people have the key to this nation. And when we connect with that, doors are going to open that we never dreamed would open. And I believe in Australia, God is going to do something that is so unique and so beautiful as the First Nations people and all the people that have come to this nation over time join together, God's going to release a beautiful, beautiful move of His Spirit across our nation as He breaks the heart of our nation open. Pastor Ada is not only a very sought-after speaker these days, but also she's a dear friend to us. She's a sister. I love her. We love her. My family loves her. I want you to stand to your feet and welcome the beautiful Pastor Ada to speak to us this morning. Jesus. Father, we thank you that no weapon formed against us shall ever prosper. And Jesus, we thank you what the enemy meant for evil. You turn it around for good. And tonight we cheer and we champion the name of Jesus. We lift up the mighty name of Jesus over our nation. Over the nation of Australia, we lift up the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow and know that he is Lord. Jesus, you are Lord over Australia. Jesus, you are Lord over our nation. And Father, we thank you that we walk together as one. We are one in the body of Christ, regardless of our culture, regardless of our language. Father, regardless of who we are in this land, God, you called us to be one, God, in the family of God this morning. And we just give you praise for that, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Wonderful, Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, Pastor Phil and Pastor Julie and the team here at C3, (laughs) thank you for the privilege and the honour and just to be able to be with you this morning. There's always times and seasons in our lives that we understand that in the journey of life, there's always going to be a storm. I'm telling you now that Jesus knew that his time was limited. Jesus knew that his time was short, that he only had a period of time to release the kingdom of God in the earth. He knew that his life was going to be short-lived. He knew that his purpose and the reason for his life was to destroy the works of the enemy. You know, there's, there's no, no doubt that as he stepped out of his private life, 30 years in his private life, he stepped out into a public ministry and he had to walk and understand and know that to everything there is a time and to everything there is a season. And I believe as we just understand that, that we don't take for granted what God has given us, eh? You know, it's so easy just to drift in and out. It's so easy just to think, oh, you know, I've got another day, I've got another year, I've got another two, and God, I will finally live for you, or God, I will finally do what you asked me to do. But no, there was this 
the purpose in the heart of Jesus that he knew that his time was limited. He knew that at a short period of time to release the kingdom of God in the earth. Ecclesiastics chapter 3 verses 1, it says in verse 2 to 8, it says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. You know, and God has put things in your hands or he's put things in our heart, he's put things in our hands for us to do. I was thinking about coming here and I felt really strongly that there's been a battle going on for a few things. <laughs> and when you think of the journey of life, we learn and understand that life doesn't always deal us the good hand. And we always think that, you know, that there are seasons and times and we understand in life that we are going to face uncertainty. Have you ever been there? There are times in our lives where we're facing loss and grief. There are times in our life when we're losing our loved ones or something's going wrong with a friend and there's always those times and seasons when we're in relationships and things go wrong. Sometimes in relationships, they don't always turn out the way we want it to be. Who's been there? <laughs> and if you go, oh, my gosh, who thought I was a good friend with that fella? What? And he's stabbing me in the back. <laughs> you know, and it's just the journey of life, isn't it? Yeah. That there are times and seasons that we're walking through where we're not always going to have a good hand deal to us. And it's the same as Jesus walked in his journey of life, you know, and we get to understand and to know that in the times of the storms, there is purpose. Today, I've titled my message, Significance in the Storm. And I thought about C3, Julie, Pastor Phil, you know, and I believe that this region, that there's a significant call. There's a significant purpose upon your life, not only as individuals, not only as a family, but also as the church and the body of Christ to be a light in the dark seasons and in the dark times. And as we come to the word this morning, you know, and I think about my own life, you know, I wasn't brought up in a Christian home. At the age of probably 14 and a half, I, I had this thing in my life that I felt there's something missing. And, I, you know, I only heard about God at religious education at school. Um, you know, and I wasn't brought up in a bad home. My dad was a hard worker. He had this heart that was saying, always saying, come on, let's just go forward. Let's make the best of our lives and... You know, let's forgive and move on. And, and uh, my brothers are the same. I've got to come from a family of eight, five brothers and two other sisters. And um, I thank the Lord that sovereignly, you know, out of nowhere, he manifests himself supernaturally. I had an Eli and Samuel experience in my bedroom at the age of 14 and a half. Somebody called at my name three times and I woke up and there's the glory of God in my bedroom and God just manifests himself, you know, and he's a supernatural God, isn't he? And when God's got a plan and a purpose, he is about doing that and fulfilling it. And I believe that's what happened in my life and even in my family, you know, we were the first ones that we're in a community, we were the first Indigenous people that came into knowing God and living for Jesus. And it was a supernatural manifestation, you know, and I think, God, I'm blessed and favoured. All of us here this morning are blessed and favoured. Yeah. And even when we're walking through the journey of life, he's there with us. Yeah. Even in the uncertainty and even in the difficult dark seasons that we may enter in as a nation, that you may enter into as an individual, the times of uncertainty, we always know that God is there with us as we journey in the storms of life. So significance in the storms, significance in the times and the seasons that we may be journey 
journeying through the storms and the journey of life, Jesus is always there for us. And Jesus is, is beginning to, in this particular scriptures over in um, Mark chapter 4, and I believe that there are particular storms at particular seasons and times in the journey of life, and we as the body of Christ, sometimes we miss it. You know, and I know there's been times that I've missed it. And, you know, I didn't have to go around that mountain again. Who's ever been there? And you think, oh, I've been this way before more than once. And God's in the times and the significant times of the storm that he wants to build us. He wants to mould us. He wants to make us. And he actually wants us to understand that in the storms, there's something that he's got to say to you. There's something that he wants to give you. There's something that he wants to release into your heart and into your spirit. There's something he wants to empower you with. There's something that he may want to give you to enable you to go the extra mile or to continue to walk the journey of faith, you know, and keep on living for Jesus. There were two, two significant specific times that Jesus and the disciples were confronted with a storm. And the first one is found over in Mark chapter 4. In this particular time that the disciples were confronted with the, with the storm and in the midst of the storm, we can try and think and understand what it's like to be in a storm. I've never been out on the sea in a storm, so I've got no idea what it's like. <laughs> but you can understand and imagine that it would have been a particular time where they probably became fearful. They were tossed by the waves, they were driven by the wind, they couldn't control their boat, things were out of control and they were fearful for their lives because they didn't want to drown and, and they were in the midst of the storm and very worried about their life. Jesus was always with them wherever they went. He was there in the midst of the storm. If we turn over to Mark chapter 4, we can read the scripture where this first storm, I'm talking, I'm going to just bring out some keys in, in uh, Mark chapter 4, the first scripture this morning, and understanding that, hey, I may not be in a storm, but when storms arise, God, you are there with us. The first storm that the disciples encountered is found in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side. Let's cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as uh, um, in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on the pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, "Teacher, do you not know that do you not care for us that we are perishing?" So there are times and seasons where things happen and we take our eyes off Jesus and, and we sometimes feel and think, God, where are you? Have you ever been there? You're praying so hard and, and you're thinking, God, I can't feel a thing. God, it feels like you're not with me. God, I've been around the mountain three, four times now and I still can't see you there with me or in the midst of this difficult season or in the midst of this difficult time. And in this particular first storm, we see that the disciples encountered and Jesus, he came and he was in a place where he'd finished teaching about his parables. He was trying, he was with the disciples, but the disciples weren't catching what he was saying. They were just missing what he was trying to teach them. He was teaching the multitudes about all these parables and now he's in, they're in a storm. And somehow the disciples are not grabbing a hold or 
understanding what he's trying to teach. And he says to them down in his scripture, and the wind, he gets up and he speaks to the storm and he speaks the word peace. Peace be still. Hallelujah. Even in the midst of a storm, we can find a place of peace. Jesus was asleep. We just heard about peace this morning. <laughs> you know, and God wants to release peace even in the difficult times, even in the storms in our life. And he said, the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to the disciples, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be? Who is this man? Even the winds and the sea obey him. There's always purpose and significance in the times of the storm. I know when I'm traveling through a storm and a difficult time, I want to get on that phone and call up 20 people. Can you pray for me? You know, I want to be talking about my issue and the storm that I'm going through. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but sometimes in the midst of the storm, there's always significant principles. There's always significant keys. There's always a time and a season that God wants to mold us. He wants to make us. He wants to change us. He wants to increase our level of faith. He wants us to be who he is like so that in the midst of the storm, I can stand up and say, devil, you are coming under my feet. Devil, you are not Lord over my life. Devil, you have no dominion over my family. Devil, you have no dominion over my community. Devil, you are out of here. You are under my feet. Every battle that I face, God, you fight my battles. We get up and we begin to speak peace, peace over our family. We get up and we begin to peace, speak peace over our community. Lord, you are the God that conquers those spirits that want to divide and to separate. God, we know that you are about and you are about your business in our community. We begin to stand on what the word of God says. There are significant times when God wants you to stand up and to take your place and to stand your ground. You don't have to ring up the pastor every time you're walking through a difficult time. You don't have to ring up the pastor every time there's something going on in your family. God wants you to understand and know that the same DNA that's in your pastors, the same DNA is in you as well. The Spirit of God dwells within us. Start to begin to speak and declare over your city. Start to begin to speak and declare over your community. God, you are Lord. God wants his church to become vocal. God wants his church to begin to stand up and to know who she is and what she carries. You carry the DNA of the living God. Hey, you can get up in the midst of the storm and say, peace be still. God, I thank you for calm. I thank you for reconciliation. I thank you for restoration in my family. I thank you for restoration in my community. When things break out, God has given you the power, the power of his spirit to speak peace into the midst of every circumstance that arise. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it great that we got him on our side? I tell you what, you know, and we carry what the world needs. The very thing that's going on in our nation, you are the answer. The church is the answer to the difficult seasons and the difficult times. The Bible says you are the light of the world. Man, light vanishes darkness within a second. We know what it's like to walk in a dark room. But as soon as we touch that switch, darkness flees. And you have the power to decree and declare over your community, over your family, for darkness to disappear, for the enemy to be quiet. He may try to want to shut down the church. He did it with Jesus, but he didn't. 
succeed. He put him in the ground, but he rose again from the dead. The same spirit that dwells in Jesus dwells in us. You know, we need not to be walking with our head down and think that, you know, that, you know, we don't have to be ashamed of what God has given us and who he is. Hey, because we carry that same spirit. And somehow the disciples always missed it. And Jesus gets up and he says, oh, you of little faith. He's not trying to put them down, but he's just trying to say, come on, let's increase our faith. Let's champion each other to increase and burst out and uh, let God take us to the over and above and beyond. Amen? This is the particular type of first storm, the storms where God wants us to rise up and to realize who we are and what we carry. He wants to change our thinking. He wants to change our mindset. The first storm is about molding and making us as the body of Christ and to know who's in the boat with us, who's in the storm with us. Hey, the King of King and the Lord of Lord. Amen. He is with us. Whatever storms you face, whatever storms that up ahead, I know, God, that you are the hope of my future. God, you are the hope of our nation. God, you're able to turn things around. You're able to speak into the heart of the storm. And there comes a spirit of calm, a spirit of peace, because you are there, because the spirit of God dwells within your life. You know, and and Jesus had just spent all his time sleeping with the disciples, (laughs) fishing with the disciples, eating with the disciples, being with them probably 24-7. And still yet, they didn't catch who was in the boat with them. Even in the midst of the storm, they forgot about what he'd taught them. You know, he was teaching and trying to just not only teach through the verbal, his life, but through the natural outworking of the things of the Spirit of God in his life. You know, wherever he went, supernatural things happen. The supernatural power of God lives in you. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What, what, what are we doing about it? We can't leave it up to the pastors. You know, we can't leave it up to them to do it all. But hey, God wants to raise up a church who knows who she is. He wants to raise up a church preparing us for the storms that are coming so that you know what you carry. You know what's inside of you. Somebody can't, I'm just sometimes just out in the community, you know, standing at the shopping center at the checkout, people just start talking about their lives. You know, and they say, God, do you believe in the power of prayer? You know, and I just naturally, it should just come naturally because that's what's in us. The power of the living Christ lives within you. Amen. How exciting to know that we carry the presence of the living God within us. You know, it's not just about a feeling. It's not just about trying to make it happen. But he's in us, you know, and this is the mindset that we have to change within us as the body of Christ and as a church as he's preparing us, he's molding us, he's making us to get us ready for the storms that are up ahead. You know, and Jesus said to his disciples, there's an area in your life that you've got to increase. You know, don't forget that I'm with you in this storm. Don't forget who I am is within you. Don't forget that the works that I do are the same works that you shall be doing. Don't forget that the living power of the Spirit of God dwells within you. Amen? These are the storms that come to challenge us and wanting us to allow the Spirit of God to change us, to mould us, to make us, to just get us ready with his character 
these likeness, and I know that when this storm comes, this change wants to change my life. Amen? Storm number one. So there is significance in the storms. There's always a purpose and a reason why storms arise. God has a purpose in everything. To everything there is a purpose. Jesus had a reason for going to the cross. We understand that Jesus wanted to be about his father's business. He wanted to be able to increase and advance the kingdom of God in the earth. He knew that there was ground to be taken. He knew that there were people to be saved. He had significance in the reason for wanting to cross over to the other side. He was pursuing and wanting to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. We know that there is adversity. We know that there is a devil. We know that there that Jesus knows that the opposition that he had to face is the same type of opposition, opposition and opponents that we have to face as the church. The devil tried to shut him down and also the devil will always try to shut down the light and the life of the church and that's you and that's me. Every church that's in our land and in our nation, the devil wants to shut us down. He knows that God has a plan and a purpose for the increase and the advancement of the kingdom. Amen? The second storm is found in Matthew chapter 14. And in this particular storm, it's an interesting one. And I thought, God, there's purpose in this storm. There's reason. And God, we know that Jesus was always at a particular time of, you know, you read it in the, in the gospel where he's always given out. He understood his purpose. He understood that his time was going to be short. He understood that his life was going to be short-lived. He came out of his private life of 30 years, stepped into his public life of three years period he had to release everything that was in him in relating to the kingdom of God, the character and the nature of the kingdom to be birthed in the earth. Second storm is found in Matthew chapter 14. It was a period of persecution that had arose to the church. Jesus has just heard about John the Baptist being beheaded. Persecution was breaking out everywhere against the church. The religious people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, couldn't understand the kingdom of God that was being released because it came in a different makeup or it came in a different suit or it came in a different skin, and it was a new wine skin of the kingdom of God and the supernatural miracles and signs and wonders that Jesus was releasing into the earth and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the church of the days and the synagogue. They could not accept it. They could not understand it because this gospel had the demonstration of a power that was able to change the heart of a community. It had the power that was able to change the heart of men and women. It had the power to raise people from the dead. It had the power to see the blind being healed. It had the power to see people being delivered of demonic spirits. This power that the Spirit of God began to release through the life of Jesus was not accepted and they couldn't understand it. Eh? But God released, Jesus had this season of time to release that. And in the midst of persecution, in the midst of the difficult season, in the midst of the difficult time, the kingdom of God was advancing. The kingdom of God was increasing. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? Are we getting excited about lives being touched and changed? 
Are we getting excited and saying, God, bring in the lost, bring in the broken, bring in the hurting, bring in the people that need a better life? Are we saying, God, move through my life, let me lead somebody to Jesus this week? God, let me speak the love of God to somebody this week. Lord, help me to reach out and touch the heart of someone this week with the love of Jesus. Amen? It is the love that motivates us. It is the love that activates us into doing the good works of the things of God. Isn't that amazing? And this is what Jesus had. He was moved with compassion for the lost. For they did not have a shepherd. They were like sheep without a shepherd. He was moved with compassion. And he asked the disciples, we cannot let these people go away without having something to eat. Compassion motivates us. Compassion activates us to reach out to those that we don't even associate with. Oh, the compassion and the love of Jesus, it breaks our little bubble. It gets us out of our little bubble. It gets us out of our comfort zones. It gets us out of the places that we're so used to being in. The love and the compassion and the revelation of the love of Jesus for the lost, the broken and the hurting, motivated him. Motivated him to be active, to reach people. Amen? Ask yourself this week, why am I a Christian? Why am I saved? Why do I go to church? God just woke me up last week and he said, Jesus was just speaking to me. He said, hey, do I have to get out of my bubble? <laughs> and I said, God, Jesus, what do you mean you have to get out of your bubble? Bliss said I oh, had a private life for 30 years, being trained and equipped in the Messianic Jewish laws, tradition and custom for 30 years. I had to step out of my comfort zone to go to a dying nation and a dying people who were like lost sheep without a shepherd. And church, it's so easy to be in that little space of comfort, isn't it? I know I've been there. <laughs> and as we come to this second storm, it's a really interesting storm. And Jesus knew that his time was limited and that he stepped out of his own belief system, his own culture, his own nationality, and he was trying to enlarge the capacity of the disciples and he was trying to get them to see that, hey, the kingdom of God isn't just about one culture. The kingdom of God isn't just about one people group. The kingdom of God isn't just about one nationality. This second storm arose and there are times and seasons when God is challenging us as the church to launch out, to step out. God wants to enlarge your capacity. He wants to enlarge your territory. He wants to grow us and to make us and bring us to a place where I have a capacity that's beyond me. If I'm not at that place, well, I don't need God, do I? I don't need more of God. If I'm not at that place, I think, well, I can do this by myself. I think, oh, well, I've got the talents and I've got the gifts and I've got the goods and I can do it by myself. But there are seasons and times where he's about to grow your capacity as a person. He's about to grow your capacity as a church. He's about to bring you into a place of launching out a little bit deeper, a little bit beyond what you think you can handle and you can do. He brings us to a new capacity of launching out 
because we know I have to dig a little bit deeper. I have to get a little bit more of God. I have to rely on him a little bit more. I have to let go of what I'm comfortable with. I have to maybe go to the prayer closet a little bit more than a half an hour. I might have to start fasting instead of just missing one meal. He might say, come on, I'm asking you to give up one day to fast. There are times and seasons of God increasing his capacity in us as individuals, his capacity within us as a church. He's getting us ready for the second storm. I'm telling you, it's coming, the second storm. But it is the greatest time that we're ever going to see in our nation as God brings in the harvest. Are we ready for the harvest? I believe people are going to come looking for Jesus. They're going to come looking for you as our nation goes into dark and difficult times and seasons as individuals and as families and as a nation. The second storm is found in Matthew chapter 14. How are we going for time, Pastor Phil? Pastor Danny, we're good? Matthew chapter 14. Jesus has just heard about the beheadment of John the Baptist. They beheaded John the Baptist. Jesus departs. He goes to a desert place by himself. But everywhere he goes and if he's trying to get away, multitudes are following him. You know, just the heart of Jesus for people. Here he is, he's in a place of grieving over the death of his friend John the Baptist. Yet in the midst of this loss and this difficult time, he's still able to have compassion on the crowd. He begins to heal the sick and he begins to teach them. And then, as I said before, in this supernatural dimension that he was carrying, he said to the disciples, we can't send the multitudes away without feeding them. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 42, and we see where he says to them, immediately Jesus made his disciples after they fed the five thousands with the five loaves and the two fish. And he said to his disciples, you get in the boat, you go before me, go to the other side. So while they were getting in the boats and going to the other side, Jesus sent the multitude away. It says down in verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. I love this about the Gospels where we see that there are times when Jesus goes to a solitary place. There are times and seasons where he goes into the secret place. And I believe for us as the church that God wants to increase this heart of prayer and intercession. He wants to increase within us. Hey, I go to church on Sundays. That's where I am every Sunday. (laughs) But every other day, where is God? I believe that there is a season and a time that he wants to challenge us, that he wants to bring us out of just being in the shallow water. He wants to bring us out into the deep place and come into a time and season that we're digging a well. I believe it's a well that's going to dig deeper. It's in the digging deeper that the water and the river and the flow of the Spirit of God becomes so evident, not just in our church, but it overflows into the community. It overflows into the nation. There is a time and season for you as a significant church in this region that God wants you to dig a little bit deeper. He wants you to go a little bit further. Ezekiel chapter 47 talks about the water that came out from the threshold of the throne 
The water ran out from under the throne. It became healing. It became restoration for the nation. Ezekiel is walking in this water. As he's walking, it's coming up to his ankles. As he's walking, it's coming up to his knees. As he's walking, it comes up to his waist. As he's walking, it began to turn into a river. As he's walking, it flows out into the sea and it becomes healing for a nation. It becomes restoration. It becomes deliverance because, hey, I am not in control anymore. I am not the one steering it. I am not the one doing it. But there's an enabling of the Spirit of God that wants to come upon your church to increase your capacity that your life wouldn't just be about going to church on Sunday. It's going to be about overflowing to your neighbor. It's going to be about overflowing to your community. It's going to be about talking Jesus in the community. Significance is about going over and above and beyond. That's the type of church why God wants a church that's going to be healing to a nation, healing to a person, healing to a community. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I get an amen? Hey, your life has significance. This church has significance. You have not yet seen the capacity of the Spirit of God that wants to flow through our land and through our nation. You are called to be healing to the nation. The DNA of Jesus lives in you. Amen. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Hey, get out. And if someone comes to you with a need, say, I'm going to pray for you, brother. I'm going to lay my hands on you. (laughs) And believe for the Spirit of God to set you free. Amen. I'm not saying that we don't have struggles. I'm not saying we don't have challenges. I'm not saying that we are there yet. It's not about what you've got. I realize in my life that it's not about what I can do. This new capacity. And as you're confronted with the storms, there's always a purpose in it. There's always something significant that God wants to do in our lives and in the life of our community. Amen. John chapter I'm sorry, it's Matthew chapter 14, and it's verse 22. Jesus is grieving the loss of John the Baptist, but yet he's still able to reach out with compassion to the multitudes that came to him and looking for an answer. You know, even for us as Christians, you know, we're not perfect. Life is life and the journey of life, things happen. Sometimes we go through broken relationships. Sometimes we go through the loss of our health. Sometimes we just um, are in situations that we may not have the answer for, financial situations, letdown of people, disappointments. It's the journey of life and these storms do arise. But yet Jesus, in his capacity, was able to perform miracles. He fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. How amazing was he? Even bemoaning the loss of his friend John the Baptist, he still had a capacity to reach out and to help those that were in need, to give his love to a multitude of people. Can you just imagine that? (laughs) Everybody just looking for you, (laughs) brother. (laughs) And you're going through a hard time, but still people are there looking for you and they're looking for an answer. You know, and I love that about Jesus, you know, that compassion that was in him. He was still able to give out of himself. And this is where the miracles happen. This is where the supernatural happens. When we're in a storm and we come to the end of ourselves. I've been there many times where I've come to the end of myself 
And I said, God, I really don't want to go any further. <laughs> I'm happy right here. <laughs> Is there anyone else been there? And he said, that's it. I've had enough of helping people. <laughs> Pastor Julie, you've been there. <laughs> God, that's it. Don't give me any more. I'm stretched enough. <laughs> My capacity can only take so much. He said, there are times and seasons where God goes beyond. He goes over and above, even in the midst of the storm. Jesus is at a place of prayer up in a solitary place and he sees the disciples, they're caught up on the winds and the waves and they're caught up in this storm. He comes to them walking on the water. Don't you love that? When you're right in the midst of storm, Jesus comes looking for us. In the midst of the second storm, when you felt like giving up, when you felt like you can't go further, when you felt like you can't give any more, Jesus comes looking for you. He gets out of his solitary place. He sends reinforcement. He sends backup. His love for us is so amazing that he gave his life unto death. And yet we can't even get up to pray for a half an hour every day. I'm talking about myself today. I've been there. Yet we can't even read the Bible. We can do everything else, but we can't go to the solitary place, the secret place. Oh, yeah, the five minutes today, I'll go and say our little prayer. But here he is in the midst of his solitary place, in the secret place with his father, and he sees the disciples in a place of drowning, fearing for their lives. He comes out of his prayer time, his solitary place, and he goes walking on the water. Launch out. Because there's territory to take. Launch out because there's new ground up ahead of you. When Jesus got into the boat with the disciples when he was in the boat with the disciples they were crossing over to new territory Jesus was crossing over because he wanted to take new ground storms always will arise you will always sometimes have a battle when God wants you to take new ground when he wants you to take new territory when he wants to dig a deeper well in you, you want to pray and yet there's always something that gets in the way and you can't get to that secret place. You'll always want to try and read the Bible, but everything breaks out. Have you felt every time sometimes you go to prayer and the phone rings, someone knocks at the door? The unexpected things happen to try and stop us reaching our destiny and taking what God got for us. That's the battle. It's a battle, significant battles for new ground, new levels, new increase, new advancing the kingdom of God. Jesus put his foot down on the land and it was the Gadarean people. They crossed over, they got through that storm. When he put his foot down on that land, there was a man and he was demon-possessed. He had a legion of demons. Jesus put his foot down on that land, man, and that demon manifested. Hey, there's some ground to take in our nation yet. We've only 
striped the surface. There's some strongholds and spiritual territories, spirits yet to come down. And when he came through that storm, that man, he came over and the demon said, get out of here, get away from us. He was a man of another nationality. He was a man of another race and he was demon possessed. He'd lost his mind. He was in a cave hiding away. They used to chain him up in chains, chains. They didn't want him to be with the township or with the people because of what he was and what the demons had done to him. Hallelujah. But isn't it exciting that the same spirit that dwells in Christ dwells in us, his church? Understand the power of the spirit that's in your life. Do not be afraid. Do not be worried. Do not be concerned. As God brings in and as you take new territory, as you take new ground, stay in the heart of compassion. God will outwork his supernatural power and dimension of the spirit because of the compassionate heart of Jesus that this church carries. Hallelujah. New ground to take, new levels to take. And I'm telling you now, he wants our capacity to grow and to expand and to increase that we'll begin to love our community and people like we've never done before. Hallelujah. Let's just all stand. Oh, hallelujah. Someone just leave an open. Brother, I've got to pray for you. Spirit of God, I've got to pray for you, darling. Are you ready to break out of your bubble? Are you ready to break out of your comfort zone? Are you ready to break out of religiosity? It's not just about coming to church every Sunday, but it's about the dimension of the spirit that goes over and above and beyond. There's a new new wineskin that the Lord is going to build in your life. Where you come from, don't look back to where you come from. But God is going to about to just pour a prophetic edge upon your life, sister. God is saying he's going to about to... It's like you've had to struggle with things. And yes, you want to break through to prayer. You said you had a wall. But right now, in the name of Jesus... Break this thing in the name of Jesus, the healing power of God. But I just feel the Lord is lifting you up this morning. I see him putting you in the palm of his hand. He said that we are written and he has us in the palm of our hand. Lord, in the name of Jesus, release you this morning. Prophetic edge, there's a refining that's coming. You're going to find a change in the next week. Even when you go into your prayer closet, don't struggle, don't strive. Just allow the Spirit of God to mold you and make you. I'm telling you now, there's something coming in you this morning like a hunger. You're going to have a hunger for God. And